Alright, so we're in a series called School Wars, and if you haven't been here before, or maybe you forgot from last week, this is kind of the main idea of our series. Uh, it's a series about tough competitions, tough competitions, and even tougher questions. Uh, now, those of you that went to NTS camp this past year or the year before, you know that I love competition, okay? Like, I'm all about it, uh, which is why uh, I just need to go ahead and let all of you know this right now. Um, like, I'm a pastor, I'm not a prophet, but I can, I can see the future, and UGA is going to be the national champion this year. We just are. I mean, there's, there's no question. And also, I can see another thing in the distance. I can see Todd Gurley for Heisman. So, I mean, it's just, just going to happen, okay? It's just going to happen. Uh, also, uh, it, b- because we love competition so much, we decided to actually do a competition as part of School Wars. And so, um, just a quick question for you guys. Uh, how many of you think the freshmen are going to win this competition? It's a few. Okay. How about, uh, how many of you think the sophomores are going to win this competition? That's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, anyways, we're so, I'm just kidding. Okay, how many of you think the upperclassmen are going to win? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so, so, so this world, as you know, is full of competition, and this world is also full of questions. And uh, as I've been thinking about questions, I think it really like, I think you can boil it down to two main categories of questions. Here's the two main categories. Uh, it's questions of comprehension and questions of permission. So when you think about questions, it's really like two categories, questions of comprehension and questions of permission. So questions of comprehension are things like, hey, tell me more about that. Like, what is that? Or like, how does that work? Those are all questions of comprehension. And then questions of permission are questions like, hey, am I allowed to do that? You know, can I do that? And um, those of you that have ever been through airport security know all about questions of permission, right? Because because you got to know, you got to know like what you're allowed to, you know, to carry on or like, you know, is it okay if I bring this on the plane? Um, and for me, there was, there was something that happened recently where the questions of permission um, kind of got me into a little bit of trouble. Um, so, so here's what happened. It was, it was a few years ago and uh, me and some friends from college were actually going to take a trip to Utah. We were going to fly to Utah to run a half marathon. Uh, so I was in the middle of like this kind of running craze. And so we had already bought our plane tickets. We'd already bought the tickets for the actual race. And so all we had to do was fly there and actually, actually run it. So, uh, so we get to the Delta airport and then I'm sitting there in like the line of airport security. And um, how many of you have ever been to like airport security before you've like gone through that? Yeah, airport security is where uh, happiness goes to die. You know what I'm saying? Like no one, no one is happy in line at airport security. Like if you thought you were going to have a conversation, you're wrong. It's just not going to happen. Like everyone stares at their feet and they just kind of wait in line. Anyway, so, so I finally get to the front and uh, I go through the x-ray machine. You know what I'm talking about? This thing right here where you got to like do that weird thing and they check you for like drugs and fingernail clippers and all that stuff. So I passed, which is good. And so I get to the other side and they, they have this like conveyor belt and I'm waiting for my bag to come out on the conveyor belt. And I'm waiting there for like, like two or three minutes and my bag isn't coming out, which is, which is really strange to me. And then I, I noticed that just beyond the like conveyor belt, there's this seat and on that seat is my bag. And so I'm thinking, oh, Okay, like one of the security guys probably has a bag just like mine, and he thought that was his bag. Okay, I'm going to help him out 
and I'm going to go grab my bag. So I, I, I did this. I walked around the like conveyor belt back to where like all the security guys are, and I grab my bag, and then I start walking because I'm off to Utah. And as I'm walking, I hear, I hear this guy say, Sir, put the bag down. And so I look at him, and he's like staring dead at me. He says, Sir, you need to put the bag down. He was on that chair for a reason. I'm like, okay. So I like give it to him, and then my friends are like already through, and they're just waiting, and they look at me. They're like, what's going on? I'm like, dude, I don't know, like racial profiling. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just out to get me. Um, so anyways, after, after a few minutes, the guy finally comes up to me and he's got his like stern voice on. He's holding my bag. He says, sir, is there anything dangerous in this bag? Now, here's the deal. Let me tell you what was in the bag. Okay. Uh, it was my Bible, a journal, a pen, and a book about running. Woo. You know what I'm saying? I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. And so like, so he looks at me and goes, sir, is there anything dangerous in this bag? And I look at him, I go, uh, there's a Bible, there's my journal, there's a pen, and there's a book about running. And then he looks at me again, he goes, sir, are you sure there's nothing dangerous in this bag? I'm like, well, some people think the Bible is dangerous. I didn't say that. I'm not that brave, okay? <laughs> no, uh, no, I didn't. So I just looked at him, and I was like, no, uh, there's my Bible, a journal, a pen and a book about running. And then he looks at me again. He goes, sir, so if I put my hand in here, I'm not going to bring out a dangerous object. And once again, because I felt like he hasn't heard me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, there's a Bible, there's a journal, there's a pen, and there's a book about running. So then he reaches inside the bag, and he pulls out an eight-inch knife. Yep. Um, my friends are like dying laughing right now because they've seen this whole thing unfold. And like I can see the headlines, uh, dumb pastor brings sharp knife through airport security. You know, it's just like it is ridiculous. And then I remember that the day before um, I decided to like cut an apple with a knife and then I put it in my bag and didn't really think about it. So I'm feeling pretty low also, like, I'm going to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is, this is not good. So anyways, the guy looks at me, and now he's got a much nicer tone because I've kind of been put in my place. And he goes, sir, do you mind if I keep this knife? And I'm like, dude, you can have the whole bag, okay? Like, I am sorry. See, because questions of permission, they actually matter. See, because I was not allowed, as many of you know, I'm not allowed to bring a knife through airport security. Whether, whether I realized it or not, it was a sin, right? It was wrong for me to bring a knife through airport security. And a lot of times when we ask God questions, and we have all these questions for like, God, I need help, really it's questions of permission. It's questions like, God, God, can I do this? Like, God, is this allowed? Um, is, is, is this a sin? And so tonight, um, I've, I've kind of rounded up what I think are the top four questions of permission that we're going to talk about for the rest of tonight. So here are the questions we're going to talk about. This will be fun. Uh, number one, is drinking a sin? We're going to answer that question. Number two, is getting a tattoo a sin? Which, oh, let's hope. Um, is self-hate slash self-harm a sin? Is that a sin? And then finally, this is the winner right here. This is like this is like the most popular, this is the please, oh my God, can you answer this question? And we're going to talk about it tonight, is smoking weed 
a sin. This is going to be fun. So before we go into those questions, and I promise you we're going to get to all of them, uh, we need to kind of lay some groundwork, okay? So here's the groundwork that we have to lay, uh, because as we start talking about, like, is something a sin, maybe for you, you're, like, brand new to church, you haven't been to church in a long time, and so the whole idea of, like, what's a sin, what does that actually mean, is con- uh, confusing. So we're going to answer first this question, what is sin, okay? So as we talk about sin, what is sin? And I've got three definitions that I kind of want to work with, and they all work together. Um, they're not mutually exclusive, so one of them is true, the other one is true, the third one is true. Um, hopefully this will help you as you understand what sin actually is. So here's the first definition. Disobeying God. Now this is the most popular. In fact, those of you that have grown up in church, you probably immediately thought of this. Sin is disobeying God, right? So if you disobey your parents, it's like you're sinning against your parents. If you disobey God, um, it's, it's sinning against God. So uh, you could disobey God in word in thought or in action, meaning you could do something that disobeys God, you could think something that disobeys God, or you could, um, you could speak something that disobeys God. Basically, God says, do this, and you say, nah, I want to do this. That's a sin. That's disobeying God. Okay? So that's one definition. Here's another one that's kind of for the rest of us. To me, this, this helps me. It's selfishness. Okay? Selfishness. And what I mean by selfishness is I don't really care about what you think. I don't really care about what my parents think. I don't really care about what God thinks. I don't care about what the pastor thinks. I don't care what my teachers think. I don't care what my coach thinks. I don't really care about what anyone thinks. I just want to do this thing because I want to do it. Okay? That's selfishness. We've all been there. We've all done that. And to me, that's a sin. So if you're like, I don't really care what other people think. I just want to do this. That's selfish. That's a sin. Uh, Finally, uh, fulfilling a godly desire in an ungodly way. Now, this is my favorite definition of sin. I love this definition because too often when we think about God and we think about sin, we think that God is out to get us, you know, like God's making these rules and he's trying to make us feel bad all the time. And, uh, and we're, we're led to believe that the desires that you have are bad. You know, if you want to have fun, that's bad because God's against fun. Right. Or like, or like maybe for you, you have a desire to party. And so you think that your desire to party is evil. Now, let me help you out. God gave you that desire. Because because when we get to heaven, God's going to throw a party. And it's going to be better than any party you've ever been to. So the desire in you to throw a party is totally fine. There is nothing wrong with that specific desire. But the key is you're fulfilling a godly desire in an ungodly way. Meaning out of the context in in which it's supposed to be enjoyed. Right? Because a fire in your fireplace is great, but a fire in your living room is terrible. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's not evil on its own, but the context makes one evil and the other one not evil. So, um, so for instance, some of you in this room, maybe like maybe two of you in this room, you have a desire to have sex, okay? Just 30 seconds, okay? That's it. We're going to talk about sex. You have a desire to have sex, and someone has taught you that desire to have sex is wrong. Well, I'm here to help you out. God, I know this is weird. God knows about sex. You know why? Because he made it. And you know what else? God made sex good. And if you don't believe me, talk to your small group leader. They're going to help you out. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. All the small group leaders are like, no. Okay. God made sex good. It's amazing. But... When it's fulfilled, it's okay. It is. Like, God's not surprised by this conversation. He's like, I know, I made it that way. 
you're welcome, okay? That's what God's saying to us. But here's the key. Here's the key. God created sex to be enjoyed in the context of marriage. And in the context of marriage, you get all sorts of fulfillment. You get all sorts of joy. You get all sorts, like you're free of shame. You're free of guilt. You're free. But outside of the context of marriage, there's shame. There's guilt. There's regret. It's because God gave you a godly desire. And it's being fulfilled in an ungodly way. So, so that is kind of our working definition of sin. Now, some of you in this room, um, maybe you're a little worried because you're afraid that after our conversation today, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, um, maybe I've sinned. And so maybe you have this question, um, how do I know if I've sinned? And here's the answer. You have, okay? You have. Uh, I've sinned, you've sinned, we've all sinned for ice cream um, or something like that. Like all of us have sinned. So, so if you're nervous, if you're worried right now, like, oh no, oh no, I'm going to, you have, okay, you've sinned, so that's okay. So here's kind of the big question for tonight, is fill in the blank a sin, okay, drinking, smoking weed, tattoos, self-harm, self-hate, and the list goes on and on. Is it a sin? Here's the three ways you can go home and know if something is a sin, and then we're going to talk specifically about these four. So here's the first one. What does scripture say? What does scripture say? See, last week we talked about the fact that scripture is the word of God. That means God himself spoke it. These are words coming out of God's mouth and God does not contradict himself. And so if he wrote something in context, that's still true today. So as you look at the text and as you look at the context, if God said no, then he's saying no today. So the very first question you ask is what does scripture say? And if scripture calls it a sin, you're done. That's it. It's a sin. Okay, so that's the first question. What does scripture say? Here's the next question. What does my conscience say? Now, this is important because when you think about something and when you begin to pray and ask God, God actually speaks to you. One of the ways he speaks is through your conscience. God can also speak through wise, godly counsel. God can speak in a lot of different ways. But as you're pr- like processing, is this action a sin? Ask this question. Well, what does my conscience say? And here's another way to uh, process that question a different way is, um, is this making me more godly or less godly? Like, am I being more selfish or am I being less selfish? Am I being more loving or am I being less loving? And so as you're processing, as you're praying, these are the questions that you ask. So then finally, here's the last way you know if something is a sin. Uh, Am I causing other people to stumble in their faith? And here's what I mean by that. Um, if people were to see me do this, would they question Jesus? So if people see me do a certain action, are they going to then question my faith in Jesus? Are they going to question Jesus himself? And if so, Scripture says don't do it. It's just not worth it. So these are the three questions that we're going to ask, and we're going to talk about all four of the big, the big questions. So let's start with the first one. Is drinking a sin? And of course I mean drinking alcohol. Drinking water is not a sin. Uh, but is drinking alcohol a sin? So, our first question, what does Scripture say? Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Here's what that means. Every authority in your life, your parents, your teachers, and the law, the government, was put there by God himself on purpose for a plan. Which means, if it's against the law, it's a sin. So for you, right now, All of you are under 21, so drinking right now 
is a sin. But I know you, uh, you don't want to know just that answer. You want to know, okay, well, what about, what about if I'm 21? Let's pretend I'm 21 right now. Is drinking a sin? Here's what another verse in scripture says. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Now, pause. I love this verse because it connects the fact that sin ruins your life. God, when he's talking about sin and what to do and what not to do, it's not because he wants to make some rules for you. It's because he wants you to know it's going to ruin your life. So anyways, that's what he says. So don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Some of you can say amen to this, right? Because you've been there. You've been drunk and it's ruined a relationship. It's ruined a night. It's filled you with regret. And God's saying, I know. That's why you don't want to do it. So don't be drunk because that will lead, uh, ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's pretend you're 21. Scripture is very clear not to get drunk. And so getting drunk is a sin. In fact, there's tons of other verses that talk about drunkenness, and it kind of um, uh, uh, puts it all together with being a sin. And so if you're drinking to get drunk, then that is a sin. But I know you, you've still got another question, and this is your question. So what if I'm over 21 so the law says it's okay, and I'm not getting drunk. Well, Scripture is actually silent on this, meaning it doesn't say if it's a sin or not a sin. And so Scripture does not condemn it. Scripture does not say that it's a sin to drink if you're over 21, not getting drunk. So then we go on to our next question. What does my conscience say? What does my conscience say? And this is where you got to be honest, Okay. If you're 21, if you're, if, if, if you're over 21 and you're, and you're thinking about drinking and you're not planning on getting drunk, you have to ask yourself, uh, why am I doing this? Am I, am I drinking to escape something? Am I drinking to cope? Or am I just having a glass of wine with pasta with my husband or with my wife? And I think as you pray and process through that, God's going to give you an answer of which one it is. And if you're running away from something or if you're trying to cope, then that's a sin because God himself is the only one that can help you cope, not a bottle of anything. So let's say that you pray about it and you just want to have a glass of wine with your husband or wife. You want to have a beer. Um, then, then if your conscience is clear, then you're good. And the only question after that is, is this a stumbling block or is this causing someone to stumble in their faith? And this is the reason why I don't drink. Not because scripture says it's a sin and not because it's a sin for everyone. But here's what I know. There's some of you in this room that if you saw me take a drink of alcohol, even if I wasn't getting drunk and even though I'm 29 years old, it would cause you to question Jesus. And I love you guys too much. And so I'm willing to give up my freedom and say, then I'm just not going to drink. And that's just for me because I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Now, now, if I wasn't in this position, if I wasn't leading teenagers, then, uh, th then if I'm praying about it and I have no issue with my conscience, then I think it's totally okay to do that. I don't think it's a sin. But for right now, for you, under the age of 21, it is a sin. And if you're drinking to get drunk, Scripture is very clear that that is a sin. Okay, so that's, uh, this question is drinking a sin. Let's go on to the next one. Is getting a tattoo a sin? Now, I've gotten this question a lot from many of you, and sometimes it's like you like push the Bible in my face like I haven't read the verse that talks about tattoos, because you see this, and you're like, uh-oh, we got like an evil pastor, look at this, you know, like what are you going to do about that? So, so let's talk about that verse, because there is one verse that talks 
about tattoos. And so obviously, if we're asking the question, is getting a tattoo a sin? Then we have to answer the question, well, what does Scripture say? So Leviticus 19.28, some of you know this, uh, which is funny. This is probably the only verse in Leviticus you know, you know, but whatever. Okay, so Leviticus 19.28 says, do not cut your bodies for the dead. Kind of a weird thing to say. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So if you look at that verse, it's tempting to think, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, God said getting a tattoo is a sin, right? That's what it says. But as you're, as you're reading scripture, you have to do this. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, you'll kind of trip yourself up. You have to know the context, not only of what other verses around it are saying, but also of the culture in which it was written. Because scripture was not written in a vacuum. We talked about this uh, uh, last week. We talked about the fact that it was written thousands of years ago by over 40 different authors living in a specific time at a specific place. So just for fun, let's look at the verse right before Leviticus 19, 1927. This is God talking. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. So the cast of Duck Dynasty are the only people without sin right? All of you that shave are evil. Why are you shaving? It, it says it right here. God said, don't you dare trim the hairs inside of your head or the edges of your beard. Now, obviously you look at this and, 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 and it's pretty clear. You're like, well, that's not a sin. There's no way that's a sin. Because when you look at the context in which it was written, here's what was happening. There were people living during this time that were, cut, that, that were shaving their head, shaving their face, putting tattoo marks, and cutting themselves as a way of worshiping other gods. And so if you were to shave your head, put tattoo marks on yourself, um, and, and cut yourself, that was a way that you worshiped other gods. So these verses have far less to do with shaving and tattoos and far more to do with worshiping God. And so as you look at the text and the context, these verses are not saying that getting a tattoo is a sin. In fact, there's another verse that talks about tattoos that not many people know. It's talking about Jesus. When Jesus comes back, he's going to have a tattoo. Scripture says it. And it's going to be right on his thigh, and it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. It says that in Revelation. Now, admittedly, getting a tattoo on your thigh is awkward, right? Like Jesus, why would you do that? But he, he's Jesus, so he can do that. And it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. So clearly, Jesus is breaking... That law, maybe because that law is not specifically about tattoos and it's more about worshiping God. So scripture is silent on the issue of getting a tattoo. So we move on to the next thing, which is, well, what does my conscience say? Now, uh, again, many of you know that I do have a tattoo and um, here's kind of the story of it. I was 21 years old and uh, life was really rough for me. Um, There was a lot of different things that I can't really go into right now, but uh, a lot of my world was falling apart. And I kept begging God and I kept saying, God, you got to change my world. You got to change my circumstances. You need to change everything about my life if you want me to be okay. And God told me that I didn't need a change of circumstance. I needed a change of heart. And he led me to this verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my grace is all you need. Like, Steve, no matter what you're going through right now, this is all that you need. And so what I did was I started writing that verse on my hand over and over and over again. Every morning I'd wake up and I'd write it in Sharpie on my hand because I'd keep forgetting that God's grace is enough. 
And then, and, and, and this is the really like vain part of my story. I walked by a mirror and I said, that looks awesome. Uh, and so I said, I want to get that tattooed um, on, on my hand or on my wrist. Now, uh, as, as we talk about conscience, I prayed about it. Not only did I pray about it, I was 21 years old and I talked with my parents about it. I know you think that's lame, whatever. I talked to my parents about it and I said, I want you to know that, I, that I'm planning on getting a tattoo and I told them what it was and I told them what it meant. And it was actually my dad, this is kind of crazy, it was my dad that said, you should get it in Greek. And I said, done, that sounds awesome. And uh, so, so, I, so I got that tattoo at the age of 21 with my parents' consent and after much prayer. Now, uh, the third question is, well, uh, is it going to cause someone to stumble in their faith? Now, the majority of people I work with are students, and for the most part, students are like, tattoos? Awesome. You know, they have no, like, issue with tattoos. But I knew that uh, I may run into some people that have an issue with tattoos. So I got it on my wrist so that I could put a watch over it if I need to because I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. And so even in this decision, I was considering all three things. What does Scripture say? What does my conscience say? And is it going to cause someone to stumble in their faith? Okay, so that's is getting a tattoo a sin? Here's the next question. Is self-harm or self-hate a sin? This has, uh, this has come from many of you, and um, <laughs> it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Um, and so I want to talk about it because this is so important to me. Man, I hope you hear this. So is self-harm or self-hate a sin? What does Scripture say? Here's one of many things that Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you know <laughs> that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And then here's another verse. By the way, all these verses are actually at the top of, of your notes, and so you can take them home and look at them. Um, Psalm 139.14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what, that's what the author was saying about himself when he was reflecting to God, and that's the same thing you can say. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. Here's the next verse. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And you are God's masterpiece. And I am God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. And then finally, um, this is in Matthew 22.39, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now this is actually a command from Jesus, and some of you recognize this from our circle series. Jesus is saying you need to love the people around you. And in the same breath, he was saying, and, and you need to love yourself. So, so whatever would be a sin to do to someone else, it's a sin to do that to yourself. You need to love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And so when we ask the question, is self-harm or self-hate a sin? The answer is yes, because to harm someone else or to hate someone else is a sin. And so to hate yourself or to harm yourself is also a sin. But here's what you need to know. This is not just some rule that God made up for you to feel bad about. Like self-harm and self-hate is a sin because God loves you. And it breaks his heart that you would hate yourself or harm yourself when he looks at you and he loves you. See, see this, is, this is why we need to understand what sin actually is. See, because God's laws 
are not to give you limits, but to give you life. God's laws are not to give you limits, but to give you life. In other words, God's not trying to like block you in and make you feel bad about all this stuff. He's looking at you and he's saying, I want you to have life. I want you to have a full life. And so God cares about self-hate and self-harm because God cares about you. See, I, I, think, I think God would look at us and say, I just wish that you could see you the way I see you. Like, I wish that you would love you the way I love you. Man, I wish that you would care for you the way I care for you. Because when God looks at you, he says, you're a masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I made you and I didn't make a mistake. I love you. In fact, God loves us so much, he sent Jesus to pay for you. You were bought with a price and the price was the blood of his son. Oh my God, he cares about you. And I think it just breaks his heart when you hate yourself because he loves you. See, God doesn't like sin because he loves you. He cares about your life. He cares about you. And so for some of you, man, you need to take these verses home and you need to memorize them and you need to know them because you need to know what your heavenly father thinks of you. Not what your friends think of you, not even what you think of you, but what your Father in heaven thinks of you. Okay, so here's our last question. The question that um, you guys have been waiting for. Is smoking weed a sin? Eh, Sorry, okay, it looks like we're running out of time. Thank you guys so much for coming tonight. And uh, I'm just kidding, we're going to talk about it. Okay, is smoking weed a sin? Some of you got so upset. You're like, that's the only reason I came tonight. I just want to know. Like, Okay, so is smoking weed a sin? Here we go. We're going to go into it. Okay? Are you all ready? Who knows what I'm going to say, right? I know what I'm going to say. Okay, uh, here's the first verse because we have to ask the question, what does Scripture say? What does Scripture say? Romans 13.1, you might recognize this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. In other words, God made these authorities, God made these laws, so if if it's against the law, then it's a sin. So for you, right now, it is a sin to smoke weed. But I know you, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this. You're thinking legalize it. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man, what will happen if I was in Colorado right now? What if, like, 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 what if Georgia passes, what if we legalize it? Then what? All right, let's talk about it. Here's the next verse. Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Remember, God doesn't care about rules. He cares about you. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. That's talking about drinking. It's talking about getting drunk and not talking about getting high. Two very different things, okay? Um, Not so much. Here's why. Uh, getting drunk with wine, that was the issue of the day. And so the main thing they talked about was inebriation, was intoxication as far as it related to being drunk with wine. In fact, there's many other verses in Scripture that talk about drunkenness and say that drunkenness is a sin. And then there's these verses. Encourage young men to be sober-minded. Titus 2.6. In case you didn't get it. Be sober-minded. 1 Peter 5.8. And then again... Uh, be sober-minded, 2 Timothy 
4, 5. And so there's all these verses that talk about the state of your mind and talking about drunkenness versus being sober. And all scripture says you need to be sober-minded. And all scripture says drunkenness is a sin. Now, here's the deal. In Colorado, if you're 18 years old, you can go and smoke weed. And some of you are like, then I'm going right now, okay? So that's what you can do. But here's what you can't do. You can't get high and then get behind the wheel of a car and go driving. Because you know what will happen? You'll get a DUI. Now, that's weird. Hold on. So even our law says that intoxication by marijuana is the same thing as intoxication by drinking. Exactly. Because they have the same effect. Puts you in the same state of mind. And so the Bible is silent on alcohol, but it's very loud on intoxication. So when we look at the issue of intoxication, it's the same for drunkenness as it is for getting high. So it is a sin for you to smoke weed, period, right now, because it's against the law. But even if you were to take a trip to Colorado and you're 18 years old, it is a sin, according to Scripture, to get high. But I know you... And you're like, well, I want to like squeeze in there. What about this? Okay, what if I'm not getting high? What if, what if I'm 18 years old? I know, and you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if I'm 18 years old and I'm in Colorado and I just want like just a little, you know, like I just, I don't, like I just want to be right close, but I don't want to be high. I'll just be like close to high, you know? So what about that? Now. Here's what I could do, and I'm not going to do this, but I could list out all of like, the medical reasons why smoking marijuana is a bad idea. Okay? I'm not going to read all of these for you. Uh, I could, but I'm not going to do that. Okay? And it's so funny because I have like, students come up to me all the time, and they're like, uh, did you know that like, smoking marijuana is like, the healthiest thing that you could do? No. Um, no, eating vegetables is the healthiest thing you could do. Okay? Sm- like, it, like, even if you inhaled paper, okay, it's still not good for you, okay? So smoking marijuana, I don't care who you are, go look it up on credible websites. Uh, these things aren't good. And here's the ironic thing for me, okay? A lot of people smoke weed because they want to relax, right? They want to cope. They don't want to have anxiety. Here's what smoking marijuana increases, increases. Anxiety, depression, and suicide, and thoughts of suicide. So this substance that's supposedly designed to relax you actually has the opposite effect. But again, we're not going to talk about that. Here's what I would ask you. If your question is, well, can I, like if I'm 18 and, 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 it's, and it's like, you know, the law is okay with it and I'm not going to get high, can I still smoke weed? And here's what I would ask you. Why? Like, like what? Like, like what? What are you running from? Like, what are you trying to cope with? Because it's obvious that you have such a dependence on this thing that it's not just a plant. It's something you use to cope. It's something you run to. Something you take refuge in. And it's not going to work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin your life. So... So why wouldn't you be running to God? Why wouldn't you be coping with God? See, here's the, like more than half the questions. By the way, if, if, if you don't know this, we, we uh, launched this website this week, ask.fm slash school wars, so you can actually post your questions. And more than half the questions were questions of permission. 
can I do this? Is this allowed? And part of me is like worried about that because what it seemed like is how close can I get to sin without actually sinning? Like, like what does it take for me to be right on the line of sin without ever crossing over? And I think that's the wrong attitude to have. See, I think if we really understood what sin was, we wouldn't be asking, like, how much can I get away with? We'd be asking, how far away can I run? See, here's the question. What is sin? And the answer is, sin breaks the heart of God. Because sin ruins your life. See, sin, sin is the reason that he cheated on you. Sin is the reason that she cheated on you. Sin is the reason that she gossiped. It's because of sin. Sin is the reason that you struggle with depression. Sin is the reason that your parents are splitting up. Sin is the reason that your deadbeat dad left long ago and doesn't really care about you. It's sin. It ruins lives every time. So why are we asking the question, how close can I get to sin? What can I get away with? When God is saying, run, run away from sin, it's going to ruin your life. It's going to mess you up. So my hope for you is that tonight is about more than just answering some tough questions. My hope is that your view of sin changes and maybe your view of your heavenly father changes. That this isn't as much about some rules. It's about a relationship that he has with you. And so here's the question that we ask at the end um, of, uh, of the series. What will you do with the answers you heard today? What will you do with the answers you heard today? Maybe there's some of you in the room that you're like, um, I, there are some things that are sin I didn't really know was sin. And there's some, there's some things I got to like talk to God about. Maybe there's others of you in the room. I know there's a lot of other questions of permission. We didn't get time to answer all of them tonight. Maybe you've got another question, and maybe for you, you need to walk through step by step asking, is this a sin? What does Scripture say about this? What does my conscience say about this? And finally, is this causing someone to stumble? Maybe for you, you thought that God was all about rules, and church was all about rules, and it was all about this is what you should do, and this is what you should not do. And you miss the point. You miss the fact that your heavenly father loves you. He cares for you. And that the reason sin is a big deal to him is because you are a big deal to him. You matter to him. He cares about your life. In fact, he cares about your life more than you do. See, he sent Jesus to actually die for you. Because he loves you. So. What will you do with the answers that you heard today? Maybe today is the day that you confess to a close friend or maybe to your small group leader, this is a sin I've been struggling with and I need help. Maybe, maybe for you, it's just an honest conversation with God where you say, God, I know I've sinned and I'm sorry. I don't want to do that again. See, God's laws are not to give you limits. They're to give you life. And I hope that, that you would recognize that sin is like a knife in your carry-on. 
And you may not realize it's a big deal. You may not even know it's there. But it brings damage. And it'll hurt you. And it'll hurt the people around you. And I think, I think God is like the security officer and he's standing there and he's saying, please, give me the knife. Please give, like, just give me your sin. I don't want you to get hurt. Because I love you. So let me pray for you. God, I love these students, and uh, I know that my love for these students pales in comparison to your love for these students. Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I love them, but I didn't send my son to die for them. I didn't give up my only son to be murdered on the cross because of how deeply I love them. I haven't forgiven them the way that you have forgiven them. I don't know them like you know them, God. You love them. So please, tonight, God, would, would this not be a message of sin and what's right and what's wrong? Would it be a message of the heart of their heavenly Father that loves them more than they can possibly imagine? Please, God, let them know just how much you care.